Neves Solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neves Solicitors, your complete legal solution. A very warm welcome to The Parents Show on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. I'm Lydia Elcoury. Good evening, I'm Seema Barker. So, Seema, you know everybody loves living in St Albans, right? Of course. And mainly, it's a historic city. It's so beautiful, gorgeous villages around the place. We've got excellent amenities. But a big part of it is the schools, right? It's difficult to escape that when you're a parent in St Albans. It's difficult not to hear the constant chat on the streets about how brilliant the schools are. That's quite right. We're spoiled, really. And tonight's show is showcasing two of the great schools in St Albans. So first up, we're going to talk to Paul Ramsey, who's the head teacher at Verulam School. And they've just had a second Ofsted inspection in the past year and the results were great. So we're going to talk to Mr Ramsey about that, about his experience and the many wonderful things going on at the school. Yep. And then after that, we're going to be speaking to Karen Thomas, who is deputy head at Stags, uh, another very well-known school here. And they've had their well-being village last week. And so we're going to be talking to that and the support that Stags give uh, for mental health. Uh, we'll also be speaking to Heather Lee, who is a year 13 student at Stags and also a parent that attended the well-being village um, from Stags, who will be here as well tonight. Great. So I can't wait to hear about the Wellbeing Village. It sounds like a sounds like a fantastic concept, but I'm not going to spoil anything. And um, and you'll have to tune in in about twenty minutes. We'll be talking to Karen Thomas, who's the deputy head. But be uh, before we do, I'd like to uh, give a warm welcome to Mr. Paul Ramsey. Hello, Mr. Ramsey. Good evening. It feels a bit wrong calling you Paul. I can't do that with head with head teachers. <laughs> it feels like I should say Mr. Ramsey, sir. You are. <laughs> I don't doubt it. So, listen, welcome to the Parents Show. And we're really pleased that you've been able to join us this evening. How long have you been head teacher at Verulam? Uh, well, I really joined Verulam as a um, head of English and then became deputy head. But from um, 2000, in January 2000, I took over as acting head. Uh, and shortly after, I think it was April that year, I became head teacher. I was really privileged to be um, head teacher of such a great school. Fantastic. So that's nearly almost 18 years. Yeah. That's fantastic. Brilliant. And and tell us, has the school changed a lot over those years? I think it's changed a lot. Um, I mean, when I took over, we were a county school. Um, then we became an academy. Uh, and we've recently, this September, joined a, a multi-academy trust. Uh, and the site's changed a lot. <coughs> uh, and actually, the pupils have changed a lot. We have a lot more girls in the school, than uh, which we have in the form than we had when... When I first joined, I sort of remember the very first brave girls joining a sick form that was almost entirely male. And that's changed the school, uh, which is very, very good. And it's, uh, I think it's become a more inclusive school as well. Um, we serve a, a very broad area. It's not just an Auburn. It's all up to Redbourne and down to Radlett. So it's, it's an interesting school to work at from that point of view. So that's interesting, uh, Mr. Ramsey. Can I just ask you, not knowing very much about Verulam, so with your sixth formers and you've got this girl contingent, mm-hmm. they're completely on site, and so there is a there is a bit of a mix on site. Then you know the the kind of year seven, eight, nines, they will see the sixth formers walking around. Absolutely, right. and the sort of the sixth form are fantastic role models, and the girls actually take a very leading role in the school. It's quite an interesting place to come because obviously they're they're a minority. Uh, and therefore, they're very visible. Um, you know, if you're 20 or 30 girls in a lower six and there's 100 boys, you're, you, you do, you're very obvious. But they, they take those opportunities that present themselves. And quite a lot of our girls have been leading assemblies and things like that this year and have a real impact um, on the school, which is fantastic. There's, they talk about this diamond model of, of schooling, isn't it, where you kind of keep uh, girls and boys together at primary, then take them away until GCSE and bring them back together at sixth form. I think Steve Bidoff, we've had him on the show a couple of times, he's a huge fan of that, which is exactly what you're doing. Yeah, I, I think it's a very interesting model. I mean, I, I went to boys' school myself, and I've only ever taught in boys' schools. I've trained in mixed, um, but I, I taught at Watford Boys prior to this. Um, and I think it's fantastic to give boys the chance to develop on their own. Not right for every boy, but for some pupils, they can really flourish, um, sort of free from sort of social constraints and social pressures. And 
ironically, uh, it means there's less stereotyping. Um, you know, you, there's no sort of pressure on boys, oh, let's go and play football, let's be in the sort of rugby team. Boys can be what they want to be, you know, whether they're interested in English or poetry or literature, or, you know, or whether they want to go into the sciences. Um, and it's a pleasure to see um, sort of boys eagerly competing to, to contribute in classes, which isn't always the case in all uh, mixed schools. I mean, in, in St Albans, we're blessed with so many good schools, but typically um, boys at secondary school underperform nationally quite significantly. Um, and I, I don't think that's the case in many boys' schools. Now, we know you've had an incredibly busy year. Every year in school is busy and perhaps a little bit stressful. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes, well, we, we were very disappointed with the result of uh, our Ofsted report, uh, report last inspection last um, October. But we'd, we'd had some feelings that things needed to be done. And fortunately, we'd started work already, which meant that our response was much quicker. Um, and I think we're very fortunate, Verlin, because our parents are so supportive. Um, you know, sort of parent surveys continually tell us how much they value the school. And so we got to work very quickly. Uh, we were very frustrated because the report didn't come out for a couple of months, um, which is, you know, when you're uh, striving to get on with things and, and can't share the results of that, of that report with parents, that's perhaps, that was perhaps the worst period. Um, in January, the report was published, and we immediately held the parents' meeting and, and let them know all we'd been doing. And very quickly, um, things started getting very, very much better. and made a lot of progress. Um, the boys were very much on board, um, and we were very fortunate to have a really committed um, band of governors at Verulam. And they're all people who give up their time for free. Um, and when a school's in a, a difficult situation like this, it, it takes more of their time. Um, and we were very fortunate to have support from Hertfordshire and, uh, and actually from um, the, the Multi Academy Trust we'd later join. Um, and it started, you know, things started improving very quickly and we made very swift progress. And then it was a matter of um, sort of waiting anxiously uh, for people to come back and check up on us because the one thing you don't control as a head is when Ofsted might come calling. And then, of course, they then they came back. Um, um, let, let's actually, let's just talk about, so the issue that they raised was safeguarding. Now, I personally don't even know what safeguarding guarding means excuse my ignorance well it, it, it can be a catch-all really but it's, it's about ensuring that all pupils not only are safe everywhere in the school at all times but that they feel safe and that you've you've looked at any areas where they might feel um vulnerable or, or, or at risk in our case one of the biggest ones was that it'd been a, a tradition since the school started that boys walked to games on their own um and, and quite rightly actually Ofsted pointed out that in the modern day and age the boys needed to be escorted and those sorts of things you can very easily uh, put in place. Uh, but it was also about making sure the behaviour of uh, a small group of, uh, of pupils improved very rapidly um, so that the other boys felt safe, which, which I'm very pleased to say uh, we achieved. And um, often very usefully sent a, uh, an HMI, uh, Majesty's Inspector, back in July, who uh, then reported that safeguarding was effective. We'd addressed um, those issues um, around safeguarding and, and making sure all boys felt safe. That, that was very nice to be able to end that year um, with that sort of, not accolade, but you know, the stamp of approval that we'd done those important things and that we'd done them swiftly. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, just looking at the Ofsted report here that I've got in front of me, and it does say the response of leaders and governors to the failings identified uh, was immediate and comprehensive. I mean, it, it, it really does sing your praises as to how the school responded um, to, you know, getting an external agency to review the responsibilities of senior leadership. And that, that's got to be a really good thing, I think. It's surely, as parents, I think it's not necessarily assuming that our schools don't have failings, but that if something is identified, they can deal with it really quickly. Yeah, well, we took on board everything the initial report said and thought, well, you know, let's accept everything here. Let's do a root and branch review and see what we can do to make the school not only meet those um, sort of complaints or concerns, but be a much better place at the end of a, a year's time. And that was always our sort of uh, our aim. And we promised parents that we'd do it as well. Um, and we promised the boys. Um, and therefore, we knew we had a, a set period to make a real difference. Um, we're still very pleased. It's still very unusual uh, to make the progress we made so quickly. And that was really due to the team uh, pulling together. Um, we had a lot of commitment. Um, from pupils, from senior prefects, from the governing body, and from other people around Hertfordshire helping us. And 
you know, other, other schools and heads being very, very supportive. Very fortunate being the place that's in Albans where, you know, the offers of help came flooding in. Um, and, you know, it's, it's always wise to, to take advice from others. And it's just, it's very refreshing to read the report um, and some of the things they're saying, is it normal for Ofsted to gush this much? It's amazing. It's like he's saying new systems keep people safe when they're educated off-site and with trips and visits. Leaders are effective in developing people's understanding of groups of people in society who are protected from discrimination by law. Pupils are safe, including from prejudice and, to- and intolerance. It's just, it really is a glowing report. Well, we were very pleased. And, and you know we were we were sort of getting quite anxious of when would they actually come. Um, we were delighted they came uh, this term, uh, and we we're very delighted with the tone of the report. Um, certainly, it reflected the school we felt we had again um, that we'd got back to where we should have been. And actually, um, you know, although the process isn't pleasant um, and the stresses it puts on everyone at the school it isn't great, we felt we came out the other side of it a far far better school. And we'd reflected on, you know, uh, things like LGBT rights and things like that and, and really moved forward. Um, so I think we're very much on the front foot now, which is obviously where you want to be because, you know, children, pupils, boys only get one chance at education. Absolutely. And, you know, like the thing that surprised me is you, you had that inspection and when Ofsted came back to check, you, you actually invited them to do a full inspection. I mean, inspections are stressful at the best time. Why did you request a full inspection? Well, after the first day, they offered us the choice um, and we were very confident that what they'd find uh, when calling more inspectors in was a very good school. Um, we knew that teaching and learning and outcomes had always been good. Um, you know, our attendance had always been higher than the national average. So we, we knew we were in a good place. And we were confident um, that we'd done what was needed and probably more. Um, and we helped by that because we had external people coming in to do sort of, a, you know, quality assurance and checks on us to make sure not only that what we thought was, was accurate, but, you know, an external validation. So we, we were confident. And after the first day, our, our boys were so, so desperate um, to change the judgment. Um, because the one thing about Ofsted that people don't often talk about is how it makes you know, the pupils feel, um, and they feel labelled, and they were desperate to prove um, that they were excellent pupils and that they were an excellent school. What a what a lovely experience from that perspective to kind of to have that solidarity and for all the you know the pupils to come together. And I, can I just read another little bit out of the report? It says, um, uh, "Let me see where will I start." The teachers and middle leaders who spoke with inspectors during the inspection ins- expressed confidence in senior leaders. Leaders They reflected positively on the training they'd had and affected effectiveness in new systems. The positive views were reflected by pupils' experience of an improved school, the proportion of parents who said they feel the school is well-led and managed in their responses to Ofsted's online survey. Parent view was high. So, fantastic. So, parents, governors, teachers, students, everybody, everybody really pulled together. Yeah. Um, we, were, we were very lucky. Our, our parents are amazing. Um, you know, they're a very diverse bunch, but the one thing that unifies all of them is their incredible support for their school. Um, they're quite unusual, really, as parents, because they've chosen single-sex education. Um, mm. And that is, you know, the, not the normal choice, and therefore they've got very specific reasons for doing so. We, you know, we benefit from their support. Um, and as I said, the staff throughout have been absolutely fantastic, um, both those you know, who, who stayed and resolved to improve things with us, and also um, those staff who you know, joined more recently, you know, who jo- chose to join a school that had been labelled as inadequate um, and, and came round and saw the school and said, well, this, this is not the case, you know, we're committed to joining you, which I'm, I'm very proud of all of them. Fantastic. Yeah, and and can I, um, it's a couple of things. One, it's very interesting the way you speak about the pupils feeling like they'd been labelled and how they really wanted to improve the school. And and I think that's something that perhaps as parents, you know, we were talking at the beginning in our introduction about schools in St Albans, they're all excellent, but perhaps we regard them as institutions without thinking really the pupils, the labelling that goes on for them and how it affects the people that are already there. Um, so I think that's a really interesting point. Um, linked to that slightly is um, because one of the things that we're talking about today as well is is mental health and in your report it says that you know discriminatory behavior is almost entirely eradicated which is amazing in a secondary school I mean I think that's fantastic but 
what sort of processes do the school have um, for, you know, mental uh, well-being um, in Verulam? Yeah, I'm, I'm very fortunate having a fantastic pastoral team, um, and they really put a lot of effort into going back and rejuvenating things we've had and developing new uh, policies. So all of our form tutors um, allocate a time during the week, which they call the time to talk, which they welcome boys to come and talk to them. And it, it's just great boys knowing they can drop in. Uh, and similarly, we teach all the boys um, something called Five Fingers of Faith so that they identify, you know, literally by looking at their hands, five people who if they did have a problem, they'd feel confident talking to. It might be a friend, it might be a parent, uh, probably a teacher at school, maybe a head of year or something like that. And with boys, I think giving them those simple techniques of saying everyone's got these people to talk to is really important. Um, we also did some, some really, really good things, uh, like Feeling Good Weeks, where... Um, you know, pupils said, told the teachers they particularly liked what they, you know, why they liked them and why they felt comfortable talking to them and gave them opportunities to do other activities which were just fun uh, for a week. And that, I think, builds confidence in young men uh, and women that they can talk to adults and mm. they don't have to hide feelings away, um, which was fantastic. And we also got involved in the Just Talk campaign. Um, so we gave all the, all the staff mental health training. Um, and encourage the boys to think about, you know, who they would talk to and what they would talk to and, you know, how they would talk to people if they did have problems. That's fantastic. Brilliant. I'm I'm so sorry. Time has run away with us. Um, so I think we're going to have to leave it for there for this time. But hopefully um, we can get you back on the show for sometime very soon, Mr. Ramsey. Sure. It was a pleasure talking and to congratulations. you. congratulations. Well done. Yeah, congratulations Thank on a fantastic outcome. OK. All the best. Thank you. So that was Mr. Paul Ramsey, head teacher at Verulam School, telling us about the year past. Now we'll be back in just once, uh, just a literally one minute uh, to speak to Karen Thomas, who is deputy head at Stax. We love St Albans, ninety-two point six FM, Radio Verulam, the radio station for Marshallswick, Batchwood, and Jersey Farm, ninety-two point six FM. Radio Verulam. The Parent Show is sponsored by Neve Solicitors. Neve Solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neve Solicitors, your complete legal solution. Welcome back to The Parents Show on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. I'm Lydia Elcourie. And good evening, I'm Seema Barker. Now, for the second half of our show, um, we're going to celebrate another fantastic school in St Albans and another school that's doing great work about mental health. So to help me do that, I'm really pleased to have Karen Thomas, uh, who's Deputy Head at Stag, sitting in front of me now. How are you, Karen? I'm very well, thank you. Very pleased to be here. It's great to have you on The Parents Show. Um so I'm dying to hear uh, what's been going on in Stags in the last year, and particularly about the Wellbeing Village. Um, well, Stags is um, is great. It's thriving. Um, we're very purposeful. Um, we're very busy. Um, we had really positive outcomes at GCSE and A level again last year with some amazing personal successes, um, which is great, and it really inspires our current students. Um, so everyone's working really hard, um, but also really enjoying themselves as well, getting involved in so many different activities: it's clubs, it's sports, it's music, um, or charity events. It's it's literally the busiest school I think I've, I've ever worked in. There's always something going on. We keep it. I keep an eye on various Facebook pages. But your Facebook page is so busy. <laughs> There's always like cake sales and trainings and new parts of the building opening. And yeah, we do, we do like to give the girls just really every opportunity that they can to, to really thrive in, in, in a variety of different ways. Fantastic. So tell us, tell us about the Wellbeing Village. Tell us about the concept. Um, well, I suppose like all schools um, nationally, um, we've seen an increasing um, need um, to support students with their well-being and mental health. Um, and I think for many of us, I'm probably giving away my age, the lives of teenagers today is sort of new territory. Um, they've grown up with so much more media, internet and social media. Um, and they're sort of constantly on. And I think the pressure um, to do well at school, be popular, wear the right things like the right music you know I think sometimes it's 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 overwhelming um, and I think as schools and as parents I think it's really challenging because you want them to have the best opportunities and achieve their potential 
but then on the other hand you don't want to put undue pressure on them and getting the balance right I think is, is a real challenge um, and we recognise the difficulties for students but I think we also recognise um, the, the difficulty for parents um, and you know something as simple um, as a phone call that we might make um, you know a, a sad phone call to say you know unfortunately your child is you know self-harmed you know very superficially to a parent on the other end of that call that can be absolutely devastating yeah, um, and we recognise that even though it's maybe part of our working life so we wanted to work more closely with parents um, and last year um, we did a, 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 an event just for Stag's parents it was called Let's Talk and we wanted to talk about low mood, anxiety some of the things that our girls are presenting with and it was a great evening and we had workshops and speakers and at the end of it the parents said that's great really love your work, really really useful useful but can we talk to the professionals um and i think you know we are very aware that as much as we've got training in mental health um we're not professionals and uh, we're not clinicians mm. um and we need to make sure that we've got the support from them um when we need it so this year i worked with a colleague um from vista st albans rachel robin um and we invited providers in the field of mental health and well-being to come to us um and meet with parents and professionals from all over st albans and harpenden this time and it was a village type scenario in our school hall um, and then with workshops um, afterwards. So we had about 30 providers in the end who ran stalls um, and we had 40 different workshops on 15 different topics wow. covering anxiety, self-harm, wellbeing toolkits, um, suicide awareness, eating disorders, ADHD. So a real a real mix. Um, we had 300 visitors, which was just fantastic. That's a huge number. It was, it was just so fantastic um, because obviously the providers have given up up you know a, a lot of time and energy and we really wanted to share it um, and the mayor came to support us which was lovely and ASIC formers who you'll hear from in a minute were just fantastic ambassadors for the school they're really really special so it really came together well that's great and and what kind of providers did you bring in then okay. it was I think really really important to Rachel and I that the providers were accredited um, and that the services that they offered were free services to parents. Right. So we focused very much on the NHS-based providers, um, CAMS, Step 2, School Health, um, you know, to name but a few. There's, there were so many people that came and supported Minding Mid-Hearts, Children's Wellbeing Team, um, and um, they were fabulous. As I said, they gave their time freely and they provided advice, literature, and then they started signposting to each other as well and networking with each other, which was really important. Um, and we had Westminster Lodge there. You know, the real link between, you know, mental health and, and physical well-being. Um, and it was important to us also that the village was free. It was free to anyone who wanted to come and visit. Um, it was free to stallholders. You know, there was no barrier there um, to access. Yeah. That's fantastic. And the, the thing about when you were when you were speaking about the providers that I love is that they're they're people who are working on the front line anyway, yes. right? So they're, they're people who are going to be able to answer any yes. question the parents have. Yeah. But I can imagine that they're actually probably delighted to get the opportunity to be, be put in front of 300 parents and reduce a few cues of, of children <laughs> waiting they, to see them. They were, they were, I was quite, I was quite surprised. They were really overwhelmed, some of the providers, at the number of parents that came and yeah. uh, how many people they could reach, um, in, in a short space, space of time. Um, if you, you know, providers like HAMS, that don't often, you know, get to, you know, to come out to these things. Actually, they were really effusive about how um, how important it had been, how great it had been. And right at the end, when we were clearing up, they were like, oh, you're going to do one next year. That's really um, cool. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's yeah, that was really, really positive. And I think for parents as well that maybe haven't actually had any link with CAMS, but they've heard of CAMS, yeah. you know. Yeah. It, it would break down, as you say, break down those mm. barriers. You know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, the the pressures on CAMS, the waiting lists, you yeah. know, the funding, it's really, really, really tricky. And I think parents and professionals often get really frustrated that they can't get access to, to a service like CAMS. Um, so I think, you know, in that way, just to be able to reach so many people so quickly was really, really good. Absolutely. And did you bring in any providers uh, specifically to support SEND students uh, of STAGS? Yeah, our, our different, um, our, sorry, our, our third partner um, that we had was DSPL7. Um, and we invited SEN support services from Hertfordshire County Council and the specialist teams and the EP um, and other parent support groups like Advance and Space. Um, because um, a child with SEN is six times more likely to present with a mental health problem throughout their lifetime. Um, a lot of 
of SCN students experience low mood and anxiety because of their additional needs. If we talk about how stressful it is to be, you know, to be a teenager in general yeah. and then add um, additional needs, um, it can be a real struggle. Right. So, so they were catered for. That's, mm. that's really interesting. And so was, was the wellbeing village for parents and students or for what, what, what we, who were you catering for? This one was for parents and professionals. Um, um, it, it, we thought about also dividing it up a little bit more. So we would have some workshops for professionals, some workshops for parents. Um, but actually we, we, um, kept them together. Um, um, the, um, Ver, I think Verity Bramwell from the wonderful Ollie Foundation said to me afterwards, that was so valuable because parents and professionals taught each other. They were in the same room together and they'd say, well, this is what I need. Oh, well, okay, we could do that. And I think that was, that was really, you know, that was really, um, great. And there's a real need for collaboration. Um, there really is. Um, but Stags girls never like to be left out. Um, and on the day they were saying, why can't we go in? So I suspect that my student voice will be, um, nagging me to launch Wellbeing Village Junior next year. Oh. So I think there are plans to do, to do one, um, similarly with workshops for the, for the girls. Well, you've got a great platform, I suppose, now to, to, mm. to do another one that's for a slightly different uh, yeah. set of people. Definitely, definitely. And what was feedback like from parents? How did you gather it or how could you gather it? <laughs> well, we did a survey at the end. Um, we always survey everything at Stags. We're always, always desperate to see how we can improve. Um, but the feedback was so positive. It was so effusive. Um, and it just really, really reminded me of the need out there um, for information to parents. You know, it, it's part of my everyday working life. I'm, you know, surrounded by it. And I think you forget how, um, how distant sometimes it can be um, for parents. So everyone was really effusive in their thanks the providers really really you know enjoyed it they really appreciated getting sort of access to parents like that so it was brilliant and it like you say i mean speaking as a parent my, my mm. children are just in primary school so you know it's they're still very accessible to me but mm. but from everybody's perspective as soon as they go to secondary they are yeah. less accessible to parents and there is a time more of a disconnect between yeah. you can't you can't micromanage your children yeah. as much as you do it's, at primary school it's, level it's such a big jump primary to secondary mm. you know particularly if you come from a very small primary school um and then all of a sudden you're in a, a school with you know a thousand children um, and I think it is very very difficult for, for parents and you know those induction packages that all schools run I think are you know really really important in making you feel secure. But events like this would pull you right back into the school to be able to talk about sensitive issues like yeah. that yeah. under your school roof is it's it's yeah. excellent it really is. Um, Great. So, and what about other mental health support at Stags? What else, um, what other initiatives have you got going on? Um, I think similar to, you know, the things that, that Mr. Ramsey was talking about, um, is that we take a really whole school holistic approach, um, to mental health and wellbeing. It runs through our curriculum. Um, we explicitly teach it in PSHE. Years nine and 10 have specific mental health, um, lessons. Um, in year seven and eight, we t uh, teach a program called PEM Resilience. And I think, you know, resilience is particularly important children aren't born with resilience you know we have to teach them it um and it's been a growing need you know to teach them those tools um we've got an amazing team of pastoral staff they really are fantastic and we invest a lot of time um in their training in mental health we've got a dedicated student support hub that's there all day every day manned by two fantastic support officers and their whole job is to support students and the students can go there it's a safe space any stresses any worries from you know i've lost my pencil case to you know later on in the, the years you know my boyfriend's dumped me and I don't know what to do but mm. also really sensitive issues as well um you know uh, parental separation um and men and you know high level you know mental health issues that they really do need to, to get support with um we've got a um, student well-being advisor on site that can see students one-to-one -one, um in a in a you know a really private um and, and and confidential basis we signpost an awful lot youth talk are amazing um an online service services like cooth.com um we've got a large peer support program um, we run uh, exam anxiety classes that's key um and we're setting up a bereavement group this year so and all the national and you know um, local initiatives the time to change the just talk campaign that mr ramsey was talking about just to take away the stigma to mental health yeah. and make sure that they talk about it um we need to make sure that our students feel able um, to talk about their their worries. We need to make sure that they feel safe to understand their emotions. Um, and so ultimately they can access the right, report, right, right support. If we don't and we don't do that, then, you know, we have tra tragedies.
which is just completely, you know, unacceptable. And we all want our children to achieve, but their happiness and health has to be the priority. It really does. And you're making these, these, all of these great things accessible. And, and, mm. and you know, there are a lot of things going on there mm. that, pe- that the students at Stags can, can access. Do you feel like they are accessing them? I mean, do they come along to, for example, the, the courses on exam anxiety, uh, that you, you said you've got somebody there on site mm. that can talk to them one to one? Yeah. Are, are these being successful, do you think? Um, they are certainly very busy. Um, right. the exam anxiety courses are, you know, full to the, full to the brim. Um, the, the student support offices, you know, are, you know, busy all day, every day. We, you know, so they, they really do. I think, you know, girls will talk, I think, a lot easier than boys will. Um, and, and they really do. If they've got the space and they've got the time then they you know then they, they, they will um, yeah so i mean and our biggest support is each other our parents our students our staff we all work incredibly well together um and each child is different and has differing needs and we like to get to know them and make sure we're tailoring our support to them well talking of students having different needs uh, karen thank you so much for all of that which has given us a, a, a great insight into what's been going on at stags and clearly you're doing it very well. We're not asking you to leave, though. They do not even consider leaving <laughs> the studio. But what we are going to do right is there. talk to one of the students from Stags, um, Heather Lee. Uh, she, you're a Year 13 student. Good evening. Hello. <laughs> Lovely to have you here, Heather. Uh, thank you for coming. Uh, you're currently studying for your A-levels yes. at Stags. And uh, you have um, also been helping out with the Wellbeing Village. You volunteered. Perhaps you could you know tell us about why i mean what kind of incredible you, you're, you're under pressure obviously we, yeah, t- just tell us it would be great to know from a student what kind of pressure do you feel like you are under i think school is a really big part of like everyone's life mm-hmm. and um especially for me in year 13 i'd say the pressure at the moment is exams um and and everyone, everyone's always worrying about exams, um, whether they're literally like the next day or like six months away. Right. Um, also, because I'm in year 13, a lot of us worry about applying to university. Of course, yeah. Um, where we get our predicted grades and we, we're trying to work around them because um, some of us may want higher grades or may, may feel that pressure to um, achieve those grades, if that yep. makes sense. Um, yep. But also, um, the younger students probably feel a lot of pressure to fit into school as well and right. um, as we said like um we've grown up with phones and technology and social media which is a big part of our, our lives now um and i think it's just a, a lot in a way like yeah. in school yeah yeah i mean it, 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 the way you're describing it there it sounds like you're slightly bombarded you know <laughs> you're, you're, yeah. you're being bombarded by the the need to and the the, the, the desire yourself probably to strive and do well uh, but also at the same time the social pressures of of uh, social media and having phones and technology 24 7 so that's that sounds scary um, <laughs> but but tell us then about you're a support captain i think yeah so I, t- tell me what what does that involve so in year 12 i applied to be a student support captain mm-hmm. so um six of us got together to take on this role in year 12 um which involved us running a club at lunch times um which we called harmony club right um which we ran every lunch and we did um games and team building skills for the younger students and it was completely run by us sick formers so there weren't any staff which i think was nice for the younger students because even though teachers are always there, we know they're always there for the, us. I think your older students are just a little bit more relatable yeah. because we're near off like an age range, if that makes sense. Um, Be honest, were the younger students a bit scared of you though? <laughs> probably a little bit, but <laughs> it's really nice because I, I'm not running it anymore because I'm in year 13, but when I see the students that used to come to the club, we they smile at me and say hi in the corridor. Like I can tell that it's made a difference, which yeah. is the most rewarding thing. And also we organised... Um, for the year 10s to have year 12 mentors throughout the year so we could um so they could speak to a mentor that wasn't a teacher because perhaps it would be more relatable and um i mentored a year nine student which i hope was really helpful for them but also really helpful for me because it meant that i could hand over the great advice that i've been given yeah that's that sounds that sounds excellent i think you know from an adult's perspective 
not that you're not an adult because so, <laughs> you probably know more than i do but you know still looking d- d- i can imagine a 13 year old would relate to you a lot better than they might do yeah the teachers who are doing a great service but they're in a different bracket aren't they definitely um also like we raised awareness for like this uh, the dates in the calendar like anti-bullying week right. and time to talk day autism awareness week which we all thought was really important that's fantastic and so tell tell us when you heard about the well-being village that karen's just told us about which sounds like it was really successful but what did you think about how that was going to work the parents being involved i think it's such a good event and opportunity and something that all schools should have really and my i myself wish that i could go to one at some of those sessions to help myself and also other people um and i think it's good for parents to be aware because when you look at someone that perhaps has a physical problem, it's quite recognisable, whereas mental health and um, mental health problems are not as recognisable. So yeah. it's good to just encourage parents to open connections and conversations with their children. Yeah, no, well, well said. You've talked about the stress and pressure on young people through trying to strive in exams, to strive to, to do well, to go yeah. on to university what then as a young person would you say to parents who want to support their children what can we do um because we probably get it wrong <laughs> so um, so you badly know. wrong <laughs> <laughs> i think it's just important to like allow their children to know that discussions are always open no matter what they want to talk about and that whether they're whether they're struggling or not it's important to always talk and just talk about anything and if they ha- if they have any concerns um, about their children, that is important to ask. And if it seems a bit of a struggle for them to ask, because obviously sometimes it's a stressful time where um, teenagers don't want to talk about anything, yeah. then maybe just get in contact with the school, see how they're doing, see if their grades are um, okay, and if they're concentrating in class. Um, and it's just that also that not doing as well and perhaps sometimes not passing is okay because that's like the starting point to learning because we've all been there where we don't completely get like a grade that we want but it's not the end of the world that's a brilliant thing to say. <laughs> you, you sound to say, like a professional I, I, just, I, I need to jot all these notes down for about five years time with it, or else I'm going to bring you back on the show Heather and talk to my kids that's it but yeah. but there's such valuable things to hear so can I ask you like if I mean on a scale from one to ten, how bad is the idea of kind of like Sunday dinner? Like, because they, we, you know, we're always told as parents that that's the way to keep the conversation going, making sure. Does that fill most mm. teens with utter dread? I mean, or I guess every in day? I, it's in my household we don't always have dinner every day together. Also, because my one of my brothers is at, at university, but. I think it sometimes is a bit of a dread because you're all is get you're all getting together, but I think it'd be really nice to know that like it, families love that time because that should be a really valuable time in the week where no one is working that day or doing anything and you all get together and talk about anything. So try and persist. That's yeah. You think parents, <laughs> don't don't give up. There is hope, and, it, mm. and we might we might be able to. Uh, turn it into a bit of a fun yeah as well but that's really like about allowing your children to fail because failure is part of the learning process it's a st- no this is my this i've written it down failure is a starting point for learning no. oh my oh god my that, gosh, what if she's going to be quoting you now i'm going to be quoting you i'm having that embroidered on pillows for christmas i tell you that's <laughs> Heather, fantastic Heather's a real product of our sixth form our sixth form motto is brave not perfect <laughs> um, oh. so i yeah. think you know it's it really is about not putting you know that kind of immense pressure on yourself while still trying to do the best for yourself so that you feel proud of yourself fantastic excellent yeah. excellent so there's actually a motto for the sixth mm. form you know in, individually mm. yeah there is yeah <laughs> fantastic and any other top top tips for us heather and we're not letting you go either <laughs> we're just going to take a little break and um and then come back but any any top tips for parents or do you want the break to think about it um i would just say that just to reassure um your um children that you're there and that like kind of like metaphorically your doors open all the time because sometimes like i mean when you go home you just stay in your room like as the teenagers we will do that but it's okay to talk about (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but it's okay to talk about anything really and 
yeah, the discussions are always open. Fantastic. It should be like that. Door is always open. Door is, my door is always open to you, Lydia. Thank you. <laughs> That's fantastic. I'm scribbling all these notes. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a really uh, brief, a brief break and we're going to come back with our third guest, who is a stag's mum and is going to tell us about her experience of the Wellbeing Village. The radio station for Frogmore, Colney Heath and St Albans. 92.6 FM, Radio Verulam. Family life has its ups and downs, and at Neve Solicitors, we're here to help with all your legal matters. Whatever your circumstances, we know how to handle even the most delicate situations. Our experienced family law specialists offer friendly, sympathetic advice on everything from trust funds to property, from partnership breakdown to wills and probate. To arrange a free consultation, visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neve Solicitors, your complete legal solution. Welcome back to the Parents Show on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. So um, now for a, a really important third perspective on um, the Stags Wellbeing Village. We're really delighted to welcome uh, one of the parents from a Year 11 student. How are you, Liz? Good, thanks. It's lovely to have you on the Parents Show. So we're dying to know. So we've heard from the school about it. We've heard from a student. Now, we'd love to hear the parents' perspective about the Wellbeing Village. How did you find it? I found it really helpful. It can be very isolating to have a child with mental health problems. And it was just so comforting to see that I wasn't alone. And I would have loved to have the opportunity to do something like this when my child first became ill. And um, both CAMS and the private sector have very long waiting lists and it would have been wonderful to come to something like the Wellbeing Village and have the opportunity to talk to so many organisations and find out what help and support groups were available. Which is exactly what I'd imagine the, the school wanted you to get from it. And yeah. what did you expect going into it? Did you expect it to be as it was? I didn't know what to expect. I've never been to anything like this before. Um, I was really pleased that I'd gone. I was unsure if I would get any benefit from it because I'm two years down the line but it was really I had a really helpful conversation with one of the coaches from Advance and I found out about other organisations that I didn't know existed during the workshop that I attended. Fantastic and and what kind of what kind of how how kind of practical was the help that they were giving you? Uh, I had I'd had a particular problem the previous day and I was able to speak from to one of the co- coaches from Advance and they gave me tips on how to resolve it and it was all sorted out that day rather than with CAMS. You sometimes have to wait. Well, our first appointment we waited six weeks for. And even the private sector, you can wait three or four weeks to see somebody. And I just went in there. I'd had a problem and they fixed it straight away. Fantastic. What a brilliant experience. Yes, really. Yes. So valuable, you know, as a parent to get things solved that quickly. Yeah. Because, I mean, we all we ever hear on the parents show is how stretched CAMS is, how difficult it is to get to see in the first yes, place to yeah. see anybody in the first place and then that even then it takes so long so that's so would you say now you feel equipped with kind of other organizations yes because it was i mean i already go to the advance um, meetings once a month but i didn't there's another organization called space that gives similar support and when i was in the workshop i found out that hearts county council have an autism advice line for parents on a tuesday and wednesday afternoon and i didn't know about any of those things so it was really helpful fantastic i bet i bet you had a, a phone list along a mile long <laughs> yes, by the end yeah. of the evening great and and how do you feel about the support you've had from the school in general the school have been fantastic i mean i can honestly say i don't know what i would have done without them over the last two years and my advice to any parent in the same situation would be to contact the school and ask for help at the earliest opportunity um, this is all very no- new to a parent when it starts to happen, but the chances are that the school have seen it all before. Um, it, they also know the, the children very well. Sometimes they can give better advice than the professionals because they already know the children. And in our case, it was Miss Thomas who was one of the first people to suggest that our daughter's anxiety might have been the result of undiagnosed autism, and that turned out to be the case. Fantastic. So they were really helpful. Um, 
they've made loads of practical adjustments to help my daughter return to school and they've provided me with loads of help and, and guidance over the last two years so it's been amazing um, For we now have a flexible learning agreement with the school whereby my daughter goes in for as many lessons as she feels able to and the rest of the time she works from home and we keep adding new subjects and each time we add a subject she meets with the teacher beforehand and discusses the where she's going to be sitting in the classroom, what she's missed so far and anything that would particularly make her anxious that the teacher should avoid doing and it's just working really well. I just, I suppose as a as a parent, I, I could never have imagined that a school, that any school could provide that level of support. No, well right? I wouldn't have thought, I've, we just haven't been able to believe how lucky we are really. And that's incredible because it's so bespoke. Yes, yes. To your daughter's needs. Yes. And, and Kate, so, it's, so, so she must be comfortable yeah she loves it at the school i mean through all of this we would have said if you know if you didn't want to go to the school we would look at alternatives but she's maintained the whole time that she really loves it at stags and that's where she wants to be that's excellent and for you of course that's that's ideal isn't it for her to stay in the environment yes, that yes, she's yeah, used yeah, to no, she's, she's very bright and it, to do something like homeschooling would be impossible for us because she's much further on in everything than we are so we wouldn't be able to teach her so it's really important to us as well that she stays in mainstream education absolutely and obviously if she's she's high achieving yes that that poses problems of its own isn't it in terms of striving for top grades and yes yeah because i think high achieving children put pressure on themselves to maintain that and so particularly around exam times the anxiety becomes much greater yeah absolutely like it isn't difficult enough already yes yes fantastic and and so tell us what advice you'd give to parents who are listening tonight so i mean you're you're really advocating contacting working with the school yeah i mean the first sign of any problems i would say contact the school and your gp and um, both our gp was very good as well and they they know what to do I mean, you've never experienced this before and you just don't know what to do, but the school and the GP have seen it all before. There's very, very long waiting lists for both CAMs and we ended up going privately, but you can't do that straight away. There's three or four week waiting lists to see anybody in St Albans. So don't wait. It's first sign of any problem. Start the ball rolling and try and get help as quickly as possible. Fantastic. That's great. And such valuable information for parents out there. You know, I mean, to so... You're going to be inundated in the in the well-being village <laughs> next year, Mrs. Thomas. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, it, it really is about us working together, and I think that's the that's the really important thing. Um, and you know, we learn a lot from parents, um, and you know, Stag's parents are amazing at coming forward and, and talking to us and providing help. Um, and I know that um, Liz has you know had support from her daughter's friends parents as well yes. um in in helping you know helping um, her daughter come back to school her daughter's friends have been amazing as well meeting her when she comes in for um for various lessons um and you know it, it really is a culture at, at stags that we that we help each other we support each other how lovely really and so refreshing to hear and it's a common thread i mean you said it heather you were saying like tell your parents to you know contact the school if they have any concerns i have to say that's like pretty i just wouldn't have thought that that's you know the first thing that you do in secondary school but of course it it does make sense because teachers are spending six seven hours a day with your child so it makes sense that they they get to know your child too yeah and i think i think it will be um good for parents to hear that schools are so aware of mental health problems because because of course from a parent's point of view and as Lydia was saying earlier once you get to secondary school you have less to do with the school and you might just think the teachers are there to teach their subjects and it's really refreshing to hear and 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 uh, important to hear that actually contacting secondary school they will immediately have people there to talk to you um, students obviously and and professionals and then other parents as well um have you seen uh karen you were talk we've talked about how overwhelming mental health problems are have you seen a rise over the last few years do you think of people needing help 
Yes, um, I think that I think all schools have um, nationally, um, and I think it's a, a you know a two point thing. I think we've got better at identifying mental health needs, and I think that's really important. Um, and I, I think also I just think that the, the pressures on young people are, are, are increasing, um, and, and it's it just becomes um, a, a bit of a sort of you know maybe a self fulfilling prophecy in many ways. And we need to address the core the core you know the core problems. We need to educate our young people. Um, and uh, you know, I keep saying this, but we need to work together as well. Um, and I think what Heather said is 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 amazing about about not putting that great pressure on yourself and not thinking that not getting that A, you know, at at A level is the is the be all and end all. It's something that we want to strive towards. Um, but it's you know it 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 can't be the be all and end all you know your happiness your well being has to has to come first. Um, I mean Heather's an amazing an amazing young woman. Um, she you know she won't mind me saying this I've checked. Um, she suffered with anxiety you know further down the school she um, attended our exam anxiety you know um, courses um, and now you know I will look forward to her going off to university as a confident happy outgoing you know really kind compassionate young woman. And we've just got a little bit more time. I'm going to ask a controversial question. A very, but I'm going to ask you quickly. Um, phones. Do you think they make? Do you think they relieve pressure because you can communicate with your friends more, or do you think they add to pressure? You're going to have to be brief. Um, I think phone. It can be either way. Phones can re- relieve pressure in the way that you can speak to your friends, but also social media can in ways add pressure. So it's a bit of both in a way. Yeah. And would you say? Would you say by your age? Um, you know, your friends are on them 24-7? Um, I would say some of them are on them 24-7, but also some of us really appreciate the time that we spend with each other, especially um, I'm really close to my friends and I'm so grateful for them. Like, And um, we know that we only have this year left, so we all actually really appreciate spending time with each other now. Right, okay. Although, of In course, person, not by phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing, yeah. So you, we have to carry on by phone, I suppose, next year. Mm. But yeah. You'll have to use Snapchat when you go to university. <laughs> they probably yeah, would. They're probably already using Snapchat. Yeah. When they're in. <laughs> they are. I think. I think phones. Phones can be incredibly valuable. We've all got one. We all use them. The internet is such a powerful learning tool. It's great. It's just. I think for younger children in particular, it's limiting that time. Being very mindful of that time. Really monitoring it. Um. And, and putting some boundaries in. I think that's the key. Everything in moderation. Yeah. And yeah. definitely not in the bedroom. <laughs> definitely not keep a <laughs> keep a time to, to to take it away definitely yeah. there you go so listen um, we are coming towards the end of the show for this week any last words Karen before we let you go any I think everything well, that you've said to us so yeah. far this evening has been so incredibly helpful yeah well thank you very much for having us <laughs> on your on your yeah. show um, it is it's, it is a real pleasure to, to talk about this issue um, it is so incredibly important to our young people and it's something at, at Stags that we are striving to improve all the time so um, yeah thank you very much are, are there plans do you think for an annual well-being village or, or you know so they tell me right. so they tell me <laughs> yeah i think i think we can't not it yeah. was so valuable um and you know everybody at the end was like oh you're going to do it next year and the providers were the providers were yeah they, they, they were the first people to say you know sort of you know do right, yeah do it again next year <laughs> um so you know yeah that was that was an incredibly positive um positive um uh, sort of outcome for us and yeah and my the one for the students as well they they won't let me forget it <laughs> excellent great so Karen Thomas, Deputy Head, thank you very much. Heather and Liz, thanks a million for joining us on The Parents Show this evening. So we'll be back at the same time next week. And next week's show is dedicated to the subject of autism. Thanks for listening. Neve's solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parents Show. The friendly team at Neve's includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neve Solicitors, your complete legal solution.